All right. Three, two, one. Here we go. Welcome, everyone, to the TMG podcast. I think this is number five for the year, and uh, we're kind of getting into it now. Second full week of the season. Before we get started, I was remiss last week. It was We had such a full schedule, I forgot to uh, honor our sponsor uh, on the podcast, apbagames.com, the ultimate excuse me, the unchallenged king of quality sports strategy games. Uh, and uh, we are coming to you again from Studio B or A at Revelation Recordings in Chino. Uh, they, uh, they're really doing a great job for us, making us a professional-sounding uh, podcast. Uh, they can be their Twitter handle at RevRecChino or email contact.com. Revelation recordings at gmail.com. David, did I get that right? You got it correct. All right. Wow. Busy week. Busy weekend. Great weekend. Uh, I can tell, tell you, because I'm on the West Coast, one of the advantages or disadvantages, uh, I watched football from 9 a.m. Pacific until, because of the uh, weather delay in Washington between Cal and, uh, and the Huskies, that game ended at 4.20 Eastern time. I'm guessing none of you were up for that, uh, but I was. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, and I can guess a lot of the uh, uh, AP and coaching uh, voters uh, weren't awake to notice that Cal beat Washington. I, I think Washington still mm. ended up uh, ahead, of, uh, ahead of Cal on the polls. But that, that happens early because – when one team is fairly high, you know, a 15 or 14, whatever, and the other team's unranked, it takes a couple of weeks, I think, for uh, that to catch up if Cal keeps winning. Um, anyway, exciting week. Let's start, uh, because Tony, because I like to steal ideas uh, rather than come up with my own, uh, Tony has uh, always has a what did we learn. I think you, I haven't read it yet, but I see you posted it today. What What did we learn? What have we learned? Tony, we're going to start with you. Uh, what did we learn, Mr. College Football? Well, before before I mention that, I just want to say it was a good weekend. That would have been a great weekend if Michigan had lost to Army. But that's the, I, but I digress. <laughs> yes, we'll uh, get into we'll get into know, that. What, we learned uh, one important thing, and that is Alabama and Georgia sort of were standing alone. They may have in the SEC. They may have some company. Uh, in the LSU Tigers, who went on the road and put together, uh, you know, a game they shouldn't have won, but no, but Joe Burrow, number nine, just by George, would not let them lose. And every time, every time Texas and Sam Ellinger challenged and tried to take control of the game, Burrow would lead them on a drive. And uh, one one quick story, I, I think I think I put it in the in the column that's posted uh, today. Uh, LSU was up 37-31. to 31. They have the ball on their own 25-yard line, three minutes and 59 seconds to go. 99% of the time, coaches, well, 100% of the time, coaches at LSU would say, let's run the ball and run some clock. Right. Ed Orgeron asked his offensive coordinator, what he wanted to do since we're going to throw the ball and we're going to score right now. And they did. And that touchdown ended up being the difference in the yeah, game. Absolutely. 
Uh, all right, let, Mark, uh, thank you, Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football. We'll swing over to Situate, Massachusetts. Mark Blauchin, Jersey guy. Uh, what did we learn? And I don't want to hear about uh, BC's big win over Richmond, although I, I guess you can <laughs> include that if you want. But go ahead. What, what well, did you I'll learn? Pass. That was a scrimmage. That was BC's scrimmage. They have another scrimmage on Friday night against Kansas, <laughs> which lost to Coastal Carolina. And after that, they play Rutgers. So I think BC's going to have a bye until October uh, before it plays the game. But what we'll do, I, think, I think we learned uh, what we, we sort of surmised. Uh, um, LSU is pretty good. I mean, yeah. and some of us, some of us thought LSU was better than anybody in the country. In August, we'll see how that turns out. Um, but, but the other thing is, I worry about one of your picks, Duke. I worry about Michigan. Michigan does not oh. look like it's ready for prime time. Oh, please. Come on. It's, okay. it's way too early. Okay. Uh, I, I, remember, I remember a team last year that – uh, that Army played, and they went to overtime, and everyone was worried right. about them okay. early in the year. Oklahoma, and I think they they made it back to the playoffs. So I think it is too early. Yeah, but other than that, yeah, well, true. But, but I saw the same kind of play out of my team last year, Michigan State, when they came out of the box sluggish against Utah State, <laughs> then lost to Arizona State, and then were sluggish the whole year. I see the same type of play this year with Michigan. That's all I'm saying. No, you, you had the you had the wrong answer. The right answer to my my question was uh, Michigan doesn't have Kyler Murray. That would have been the right answer, and I would have said, no, "You are correct, sir." Uh, okay, let's let's move on. Uh, Herb Gould in Chicago. Uh, Herbie, what did you learn uh, this weekend about uh, basically any anywhere, but probably the Big Ten? Herbie? Yeah, you know, uh, you guys have covered that Michigan waterfront. I mean, I no, we're getting, I, we're going to cover, I, we're going to talk more about it. But not go that ahead. big a fan. I'm not that big a fan of Shea Patterson or well, Don you, Brown. You're going to talk. Uh, you're going to talk. We'll see 20. how that goes when when they go to Wisconsin uh, a week from Saturday. Uh, we'll find out a lot of things. Uh, we're still in the wait and learn cross uh, position here in in the Big Ten country. Uh, you know, Nebraska. Honestly, I turned that game off at halftime. I, my wife wanted to go out for a walk. I said, okay, let's go for a walk. And then we came back, and then all of a sudden, Nebraska was um, not holding up very well uh, by that Colorado surge. So I guess what I would say, what we learned is that, that these reports that uh, that Nebraska is going to be a world beater this year were very premature. Uh, you know, they'll be okay, but, but I didn't buy that for one second, that they were going to be the West Division favorite. Uh, you know, that that's a key one. And then Maryland, I think, you know, poor Blau, he has to follow that Eastern football. You know, Syracuse, oh, my goodness. You could lose that game, but you can't, you can't lose 63 to 20 and call yourself a, a top 25 team. And now they've just absolutely destroyed that uh, night game this week with Syracuse and Clemson. Um, mm. You know, those are the two big ones out of the Big Ten: Maryland and Nebraska on, on my front, uh, Herb, along Herb, with Michigan. Yeah. Herb, Herbie, you brought up Shea Patterson. Uh, Tony, I have a question to you for you. Uh, mm-hmm. o- Ohio State sent Joe Burrow to LSU. Uh, the, the Big Ten, the SEC, sent Shea Patterson to. To uh, Michigan, well, I mean, I, I, it doesn't sound like a fair deal. That sounds like the, the South got the better end of that so far. Uh, well, what, what was the deal with Shea Patterson? Let me say this about. Well, think about Shea Patterson. In my opinion, 
and I said this last year, and I stick with it. Michigan doesn't know how to use it. Okay, <laughs> he seemed to work out. He seemed to work out okay for Hugh Freeze. All right, they don't know. They don't know how to take advantage of what he can do, which is the run pass option, which is taking taking full advantage of his mobility and getting people in space. And Michigan Michigan doesn't know what they're doing offensively. Well, uh, yeah, but they did like LSU and like a lot of other uh, teams. They did go to a spread this year, right, Herb? Uh, although, I guess, do we have to put this on the new offensive coordinator at, at Michigan, just not knowing what he's doing, Herbie? Well, part of that, you know what else I think about is uh, I remember way back in the day when Lou Tepper recruited Donovan McNabb to uh, be a <laughs> cornerback, and, and McNabb said, no, I think I'd rather play quarterback, and he went off to Syracuse and, and then the NFL. And one of the, the explanations I got from Tepper after all that had transpired was, if you recruit that kind of quarterback who's going to be mobile, now you've got to recruit different kinds of offensive linemen because they have to be more mobile if you're going to do that. And, you know, that may be a bunch of coach speak, but, uh, you know, I, I just I, the thing I look at with Shea Patterson is that he left. You know, it's sort of weird. You know, it's just the deal just didn't work out there. Uh, you may be right, Tony, but but that's just that offensive mix at Michigan. It, it's hard to see how they, you know, it, it could get better, but there's no, it's not easy to see that just from based on what we've seen these first couple of weeks. Right. I, I also think that any game played against Army should be discounted because there are really no other games like right. that in college football right now. And I think Army, and I, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i bring this up now. I was going to bring it up later, but I was talking to a couple people about it. I will watch Army football more than I will watch Alabama play New Mexico. If, if I have a choice between Army versus anybody or Alabama or uh, versus New Mexico or Clemson versus Lamar or one of these games I know is going to be 65 to 3, I'm going to watch Army every time because they fascin- They just fascinate me in in many ways. Um, and this weekend, I fascin- they fascinated me with, by breaking their own commandment, thou shalt not pass. Um, <laughs> Ar- Army was up 14-7 uh, to seven and had, had third and goal, ready to go in at least to make it 17-7 or maybe 21-7. They passed the ball inside the 10, and it got intercepted. Mm. Uh, in, mm. o- in overtime, uh, Michigan uh, cinched the game on a strip sack uh, on a, an attempted Army pass. Army, uh, a couple of years ago, won a game without attempting a pass. Um, they, they've won games without completing passes, uh, but but Tony, they they fascinate me in in a, in a lot of ways, and I, and I'll just I'm almost like a magnet. I I have to I have to watch them play, especially if they're playing, you know, traditional like Michigan or Oklahoma or one of these teams. Well, they they, they play they, their game is their game is to play keep away. Their game is to limit the number of the possessions in the game. Well, it's like somebody mentioned the Oklahoma game last year. Uh, Army held Army held the ball forty four minutes and forty one seconds in that game, yeah. and what they do what they do is they they frustrate you so that when you do get the ball, you feel like you've got to score on every single possession, yeah. and that in, that impacts your play calling, and that's why and 
they can hang in. Uh, I've known Jeff Munkin, the uh, Army coach, for a long, long time. He was at Georgia Southern with Paul Johnson. Then came to Georgia Tech with Paul Johnson. Uh, then went back to Georgia Southern as head coach. And then, then from there, he uh, springboarded, of course, to Army. And, and remember how bad a shape Army was in? They mm. couldn't. They couldn't even compete with Navy. Okay. Yeah. And he to- he has totally remade that football program. Yeah. They they were zero and thirteen. Um, not that long ago. Uh, I don't think anybody had ever lost thirteen games in a college football season. Uh, Mark Blauchin, why don't more teams? And maybe this is a a question, you know, rhetorical, but why why don't more teams play like Army? Well, because I think coaches get caught up in their in their, in their own uh, mindset of, of that that game. Paul Johnson did it for, for a long time with that run pass option, and and and, and so it's not it's not glamorous enough for for, for, for the high five uh, five star recruit quarterback. You use that when you when you have less talent and, and you spread things and you know, because it's different. It's like playing single wing football for, in, in a lot of ways. I'm curious from Tony is. Was was Munkin ever seriously considered going back to Georgia Tech last year? Was was that was he in the mix at all? I don't think no, no, and I'll tell you exactly why. Paul Johnson got to the point. Now remember, Paul Johnson won three Atlantic Coast Coastal Division championships, one ACC championship, and the fans were so sick of watching that Auburn <laughs> that the option by the time at the end they didn't care if he won or not. Even when they won, the fans didn't like it. Yeah. Okay, they were yeah. just. So there was no way they were going to hire another triple options coach. Yeah, they kind of. And of, course, like, and of uh, course, they hired Jeff Collins, yeah, from Temple. Um, yeah, it's sort of uh, it's sort of kind of run it uh, runs it fat a uh, fashion course, particularly in uh, you know I think Power Five conferences. Uh, Herbie Herb Gould, let's. Uh, we did this last week um, in your absence, but we'll do it again. We did kind of winners and losers uh, from the weekend. There was a lot to choose from last weekend, but uh, uh, if you need uh, time to think about it, we can come back to you. But winners uh, winners and losers, let's start with winners over the weekend. Well, at the very top, you know, we talked about it already. I mean, LSU and Ed Orgeron, you know, they've got an offense now that puts them in the discussion for – you know, the national championship, uh, you know, that's a, that's a big winner. Uh, I think, uh, my old buddy, Mike Loxley, who was a great offensive coordinator at yeah. Illinois, got, got Illinois to a Rose Bowl in 2007, uh, is now, you know, had off to a terrific start at Maryland. Uh, and you know, I, how far that goes remains to be seen, but you got to think that that's a, you know, that's a team that can have a mighty nice year here and, and might even, impact some of the so-called big four in that eastern division uh those would be my two winners uh just off the top of my head um the maryland i mean that 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 was one of the more stunning results i think of the weekend not that they they beat syracuse but i mean the number the numbers they put up i mean i don't know what's going on there you're you're talking about a program that was in disarray uh not long yeah you know the other part of it i think you know the explanation Part what what is not remembered is that you know Durkin had you know they had all that turmoil with that that tragic loss of right. of a player in in off season workouts that cost Durkin his job, uh, but they had some good talent. They also had some injuries, uh, but you know the la- the last two years they've beaten Texas, 
you know, and, and Texas might not have been Texas at that point, but, you know, Maryland was Maryland. So, you know, that, that kind of gave you a little bit of a foreshadowing. And Loxley, you know, when he went to New Mexico, that was just, that was beyond disaster. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And a lot of it, you know, it's just, you know, it's on him. There's no other way to put it. But, you know, he did the rehabilitation so well at Alabama. He's a sharp guy. Everybody's always known he was a great recruiter. I think it also helped him to bring in Josh Jackson from uh, West uh, from Virginia Tech. You know, so now he's got a veteran quarterback, and he has a lot of talent, and, and they're healthier this year. So when you look at it, you know, the pieces were kind of there. And given his, uh, Loxley's, you know, talent for recruiting, that Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, yeah. uh, you know, their upside may be pretty big as, as the years go by. Uh, Herb, we, we know you're a positive guy, but but uh, do you have any losers? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nominate Purdue uh, and Nebraska for you, but you, you can go ahead and... Oh, losers. Um, <laughs> Purdue and, uh, well, well, Nebraska, I think, you know, I, I mean, that's an expectation thing. Right. If we want to talk... I'm gonna I'm gonna reach down to Knoxville, Tennessee. I mean that's <laughs> well, just, well, that's just, well, that that Tennessee situation is just beyond brutal. Uh, you know, I, I drank the sweet tea along with Tony B, and I, and I, I, I the, the there was no way the volunteers were not going to show up against BYU at home because they were going to write the ship in this game, and they did not. And you know, I, it just makes me wonder if. If you know, if they had just hung on to Greg Schiano, maybe things would be different in Knoxville. Oh, but here we go again. All right, let's go. Uh, Mark Blouchin, winners and losers. Well, this is going to sound a little strange, but but I think one of the winners that I've noticed so far after two weeks, the Big Ten looks. The Big Ten East looks like a pretty good conference division to me. I mean, not only do you have you have Ohio State flexing its muscles very very uh, spectacularly against Cincinnati. Uh, Michigan had its problems, yeah, but but then you look at uh, look at uh, Penn State is one of our people, Maryland is one of our people. I think even though I, I mean in Big Ten, Illinois has shown has not shown it's a bad team yet. So I think we'll see, we have to wait and see. Um, I, I think overall they're, they're, that's a pretty deep uh, competitive league. Uh, uh, Wisconsin is Wisconsin, so so and who knows what we got with with uh, you know uh, Michigan State. I mean they, they look good too. So that's that's one of the bigger winners. Right. And the other winner is back in, in your part, and you and you you still witnessed it. Uh, you know, probably at the same time that Washington was Hawaii three, can be three and zero against the Pac twelve. That's right. <laughs> that, that is correct. Uh, they they, you know, they won both. They beat Arizona on a on a goal line stand. They stopped Cleo Tate on the goal line, and then they they won a uh, uh, they won on a field goal. Uh, but still, yeah, very impressed. I think it's the first time they beat two pack. 10, 12 schools since 1994. Um, do, do, losers, do you have? I know you have losers, Mark. I, I do, and and to me, the, the, the loser that and it's a trend that's, that I look at, that we saw saw at the beginning of the season. The ACC is god awful. My God, <laughs> there was nothing there. I'm on. I'm just BC is has beaten nobody. Syracuse embarrassed itself. Virginia Tech, uh, you know, lost. I mean, I, I don't see any, mm. Miami. Miami is on too. Mac Brown's done a good job there, but, the, but overall, I mean, there, there's no, there's not one ranked team that's even worthy. You're talking about in the ACC other than Clemson. Yeah. 
just, just go ahead, go ahead and put Clemson in the playoffs now. Okay, it, right. there, it, it's done. It's over. Here's going to be the debate, guys. We're going to have the rest of the year. If if Alabama stays undefeated, which is pretty, looking at that schedule, they should. When you get to the end of the year, if Clemson is thirteen and zero and Alabama is thirteen and zero, just having beaten Georgia in the SEC championship game, who's the number one seed? That's going to be the argument we're going to have all year if they both stay undefeated. Yeah, I mean, we well, you, Tony. What's that? We just talked about LSU being more of a fact now. You're going to ignore LSU having no chance at all? No, no, no. No, LSU is absolutely a team that's now capable. LSU is now on the same tier as Alabama and Georgia. But but remember, LSU's got to go to Alabama. Right, I understand that. November 9th. But I just understand the point I wanted to make is Clemson's in. The question right. is, are, gonna be, right. are they going to be the number one seed or the number two seed? And that's right. important right. because, because the number one seed gets to play in Atlanta. Well, you know, Tony, what I would say to that is that it, it's, I would think that Alabama overtakes based on strength of schedule. Uh, and maybe what you would need is Clemson to have a close call to give voters an excuse to make that, that flip-flop. But I, I would I would think that that's Alabama can do that if they win out uh, yes. compared to what Clemson does to win out. It, in my mind, that, that's Alabama all the way, even though it does require them jumping a lot. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I agree, but I'm anxious to see what the committee does with a, with a Clemson team that's won two out of the last three national championships. Do, do And do they put – is Clemson number one in the first <laughs> rankings? I think they will be because they'll have a win over Texas A&M <laughs> But Alabama will won't play Texas A and M. Let's see, Alabama. Would, no, Alabama would also have beaten Texas A and M. So that it'll be interesting to see who's number one on November fifth when the first rankings come out. Okay, uh, Tony, uh, you mentioned early uh, earlier about LSU and Alabama. LSU has to go to Alabama. What is LSU's record against Alabama uh, the last? Four or five years, I think. What they, <laughs> they have not beaten Alabama since the game of the century in 2011. I was there. I think it's eight. I think it's eight right. straight losses. I think you're eight correct. Eight straight losses to Alabama. I tell you what, they, they've given them something to think about though, because this is this is a different Alabama. Uh, I mean, different LSU offense at least. So it's going to be, uh, you know, maybe their best chance in a while. Uh, I'm let me. I'll get to my winners and losers. There's a lot of them. Uh, I thought the big winner this weekend was Joe Burrow. Uh, that guy, yep. uh, boy, um, he he looked uh, incredible, just incredible. And and if they keep playing like that, and he keeps playing like that, uh, he's going to be in the Heisman conversation uh, very quickly when we get to that. Uh, I, and in conjunction, um, kind of because they're, I've always considered them sort of mirror programs, LSU and USC. Uh, just in terms of philosophy, uh, tailback-oriented, power-running uh, franchises, uh, and LSU has a lot of USC in them right now, including the head coach and John Robinson as a consultant. But what those two schools have done with uh, by kind of you know ditching their DNA uh, philosophy and going to spread offenses, and, and it kind of got lost a little bit. Uh, USC with a true freshman. Just annihilated uh, Stanford. 
uh, and this uh, the kid is the kid's name is Kedon Slovis, which is kind of a strange mm-hmm. name, but um, I think the story of Graham Harrell, um, the offensive coordinator at USC, what he's doing with that kid, and then uh, LSU with uh, Joe Brady kind of bringing in the Saints offense and what he's done with Joe Burrow, uh, eyeball opening uh, to me in, in the first couple of weeks. And we forget about USC because uh, they were um, you know, on the hot seat and everyone was just waiting for them to collapse. Uh, the question is, what if they don't? Um, if this kid, this, uh, this true freshman went 28 for 33, 377, three touchdowns, no interceptions against Stanford. Um, the team with the most, uh, and it's still a long shot because of their schedule, but if USC go is 6-0 and in October, now look, mm. they, they play at BYU, they play Utah, at Washington, at Notre Dame. Now that's a tough slog, but if they're 6-0 and on October 10, they're 6 in the country, top 10 for sure, and they're right back in it. And the question about, you know, the question with USC has always been coach uh, and quarterback play. Uh, and then there's still questions about the coach. But if, if this kid, freshman is for real and Graham Harrell is for real and they keep playing like that, the players around them are really good. I mean, they, they USC is still an SEC team, um, you know, at all the key positions, uh, pretty good on defense even. Uh, so that's very interesting to me. Mac Brown, big winner. I thought, you know, our boy Mac going. Um, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you another. I'll tell you another big winner was a uh, was us and, and our pick six. Now I don't want to jinx us, but uh, we went uh, as a collective twenty eight and two our first week uh, against the spread. That's pretty good, and I know. Uh, I talked to Lu- Tom Lucci. He went four one and one. We went four one and one. Blau went four and two. Tony and Herb. I don't know. I I don't know what you guys did. Uh, did you Three have- two and one. Okay, Tony. How about you? Did, uh, I think I you- went five and one. Oh my god. We we got- all right. Everyone, stop right now and, and get to uh, meet me at the the Take Caesar's a- Palace <laughs> sports book. Just get get a team picture. This is, I mean, this, that's amazing. So we're 34 and 13 plus three, 37, like we're like 42 and 15 or 16 against the spread. That's ridiculous. Well, thank, thank Jimbo for that last touchdown. (laughs) Oh yeah. As as the great, as the great Brent Musburger would say, well, that touchdown was important to a lot. Oh, yes, it was. In the desert. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> who was it Sean McDonough who called the game and said that score will be very important to some people uh, <laughs> yeah. big big winner big winner uh, Wisconsin and Herb my apologies uh, and I, I I should I should have them ranked rank man will have was the Wisconsin I, they won their first two games 100 to nothing is that right I think that was the score uh, two I think it was 110 oh, okay. keep the score at home Forty-nine to sixty-one. <laughs> How many is that? <laughs> I thought it was a hundred. I thought it was a hundred. I think they've scored a hundred points. Uh, well, you games. know what? Uh, it, we'll find out a week from Saturday. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go beyond that. If they can, 
if they can beat Michigan uh, in Camp Randall, then uh, then we'll be talking about something. But you know, you can see where you know it, 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 that's just a big early game for both teams. Right. Uh, Mark m- mentioned winner Hawaii winner. My big loser of the week, uh, other than the the uh, the Pac Pac twelve, uh, we can say that. But I'm gonna. I'm going to go to old standby Rutgers, and I wish Lucci, Lucci was on the line because Rut, Rut, uh, Rutgers got shut out again uh, by Iowa, right, um, Herbie? 30 nothing. I think it was the final. 30 to nothing. So yeah. when I saw that score, yeah. I'm going, I wonder how many times. In Rutgers' defense. <laughs> well, oh, they're picking, up, they're picking up a Big Ten check every week, even, you know, well, to get beat. Uh, so, and the other, you know, the other big loser. FSU. How about oh, what's going on oh, down there? Florida. Oh, my Lord. No, they, no doubt. They're lucky that they got Tennessee overshadowing their uh, – <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They've got cover. They've got cover for now. But uh, the uh, – Oh. When, uh, when I saw Rutgers uh, shutout, I, I sort of just went back and did some research. I mean, we all know they played the first game in 1869. Uh by my count, Rutgers has now been shut out 48 times as a program. But more remarkably, since joining the Big Ten, Rutgers has been shut out eight times in Big Ten play by the score of 389-0 to zero. <laughs> since, since 2000. They haven't won a Big Ten game in two years. Well, I'm just talking shutouts. But they haven't uh, won a game in two years. I know. I know. Oh, I know. man. I know. Mm, so mm, mm. it's, uh, yeah. it's, uh, and I went, you know, and everyone knows Rutgers, um, won the first game ever played against Princeton. Uh, not everyone, but some of us know that. And the score was six to four. They, the two teams played the next week and, uh, and Rutgers got shut out, starting a long string of, <laughs> of sh- shutouts in their, in their, uh, dubious history. Um. All right. Who? What am I? Oh, I think Colorado. Uh, another another surprise. Uh, uh, winner was Colorado. Mel Tucker. We talked mm. a little bit about that last week. Uh, Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like what I see from these guys. I mean, he's brought a toughness um, uh, to that to that team. And in the Big Twelve South, which I thought was a you know, you know the weakest divisions in in uh, in college football. Uh, suddenly, there's two teams in that divi- division with uh, USC and Colorado that, uh, and Utah's in that division. You know, it may not be as bad as I thought. Uh, well, and, and don't you know Scott Frost is getting a bunch of love right now in Nebraska? Holy moly! Well, you know, he he lost to Colorado last year in in Lincoln. It's uh, part of their you know learning curve. So, uh, all right, we got a. Uh, we had a great weekend uh, of, of play last weekend. This weekend, not so much. Sort of a light fair. I believe there are no ranked teams playing each other. Um, but uh, we will look at, look at some, preview some of the games. Mark, you mentioned earlier Kansas at, at BC. This weekend is one of those where you look at these games and you're going, how, how do these games get made? Kansas Kansas at Boston College, Mark. That's that. That's actually that's a pretty good thing because that's okay. a game that either team thinks they can win. They're playing a home home series. PC plays next year in Kansas. It's a, it's a power five game. Those are the kind of games that, that, that Alabama, uh, Nick Saban. I, I, we talked about that a little bit. 
went, went off on one of the reporters saying that, you know, about New Mexico State. He says, well, he would love to play, you know, nine SEC games, 10 SEC games because no one schedules Alabama. Um, but this is one that, that, that BC and you know, Kansas worked upon. And it's, it's fine. I mean, they're, they're, they're similar. I mean, it's, it's a competitive, I think it's a competitive game. Although uh, Kansas lost to Coastal Carolina. So who knows what's going to happen with, with them on, on Friday night. That's a Friday night game. Okay. Uh, right. Uh, Tony, light kind of light pickings in the SEC and the ACC, I guess. Is there anything out there? I'm looking at it. Well, a, a couple of games. Originally, Alabama at South Carolina was going to be a decent, hopefully a decent team. Remember, South Carolina and Spurrier beat them in, in 2010 when Alabama was number one. Spurrier was, Spurrier was at South Carolina. But South Carolina has lost their starting quarterback in Jake Bentley. Yeah. Kentucky, who plays Florida. Remember, Kentucky last year broke that 31-game losing streak to Florida. Well, Kentucky lost their starting quarterback in Terry Wilson. They're going to have to uh, use a, a replacement. Mississippi State plays Kansas State this weekend. Mississippi State may lose their quarterback. Tommy Stevens, who, got, uh, who had a shoulder injury or wow. a, a chest injury. So it's uh, the SEC is pretty much beat up. And the rest of the games are not very good at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. Clemson, Clemson at Syracuse. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> no. ABC made that made that their prime time game many many weeks ago, and uh, that that will be a, a hard sell for ABC. Um, unless unless that was a wake up call for Syracuse there at uh, Maryland. Well, they got to play better than they played against Maryland. I mean, just have to. I mean, I don't think they're that bad. Uh, well, I don't yeah. know. We're going to find out. I mean, it's 62 points bad. Um, Herbie, uh, you yeah, know, Arizona Cat, State coming to Michigan State. Yeah, you know, that one, I, I know there'll be some focus on that. It's a two-touchdown spread. I don't think Michigan State will mess around with it this time. Uh, you know, there, there are some... I mean, Iowa, Iowa State is a really great rivalry game, and, and I want to see, you know, Iowa so far has looked pretty good, but, but you know, they still haven't played anybody. Iowa State's a pretty good challenge for them. Uh, Pitt and Penn State, again, you don't think Pitt's going to be able to do much, but it's I think it's the last game in that rivalry. They've taken each other off the schedule. And then the one that I think ought to be kind of interesting uh, or has the potential to be, TCU at Purdue. And I know mm. TCU isn't, you know, they're not, you know, they're not as hyped as they were a few years ago. But they, you know, Gary Patterson plays great defense, and we'll find out a little bit about Purdue, you know, uh, whether they can keep that offense going. So, you know, they're, they're, it's not a great week in the Big Ten, but uh, for non-conference play, uh, those, there's some games that are, are worth a peek. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, by, oh, by the way, guys, cool. going back to Iowa, Iowa and Iowa State. First time college game day has ever been to Ames, Iowa. Really? Oh. Yep. Well, wow. That's, that tells you all you need to know about this week. <laughs> I guess of all the games being played. Covenant Skyhawk uh, Trophy. Yeah. Inter- uh, interesting game. I'm not going to say it's going to be a good game, but uh, the Oklahoma Sooners are coming out west to play UCLA. In the Rose Bowl, Tony, oh. we all remember what oh. last time the, uh, Oklahoma was in the Rose Bowl. Uh, yep. I, I, probably a little better opponent two years ago than what they're going to face uh, in UCLA, which is a screaming mess right now. Um, UCLA is god awful. 
Oh my God! <laughs> How did that they happen? Are, they, are, they are just you know, and and the Gator fans are saying, "My gosh, I'm glad we didn't hire that guy." <laughs> uh, oh well, <laughs> the stuff. You know, what, what about, the, what about the Tennessee? Stuff, now Tennessee been, might still want yeah. him. Tennessee, Tennessee <laughs> might still want Chip, but 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 not well, Florida. Yeah, that's. Uh, Hey, Duke, did I see right? There was like maybe 30,000 people That's at the correct. UCLA game on Saturday. I, right. It was the least attended game at the Rose Bowl uh, in many, many years. I, I assume Oklahoma will bring some folks. Uh, UCLA, uh, let's just say their record against uh, San Diego State is now uh, uh, is now 21-1-1. Before last weekend, they were 20 20- Zero and one, uh, they lost to San Diego State for the first time. It, it it's not just that they're losing. I mean, I think everyone understands there'd be a. a it's going to take some time. They've got six. They're playing sixty freshmen, and uh, I, I, I'm not always into that big excuse about playing young people, but they are. What's uh, galling about what, what UCLA is doing is they're not innovative. Um, they're not up tempo. Uh, they don't play well at the quarterback position. All the things that Chip Kelly was supposed to be able to do, uh, they're not doing. Um, and guess what? After uh, Oklahoma, it'll be 0-3. Then they have to play at Washington State. Uh, it's probably a loss. And then at Arizona, which is probably a loss. They're gonna, they might start 0-5 again. Um, and look, uh, I, I, and I've said this. I think the reason Chip took the UCLA job and didn't take Florida or Tennessee is he didn't want to be in the microscope. And I don't want to say he's cashing a check, mm-hmm. but he, he likes being, you know, kind of laying in the weeds and not being the biggest thing in town. And guess what? He got his wish. Uh, <laughs> As I say, he, he, he successfully achieved that goal. Yeah. Well, dude, I think in the last five years, it's kind of kind of in the NFL. I think he's 15 and 37. Yeah. Uh, and you can say, well, we don't have a, a good quarterback, which is true. But look at what USC has done. USC has proved that with a innovative uh, offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell, you can take anybody. With, and, and this guy, Kedon Slovis, it was not a five-star. He was a three-star. He was coached by Kurt Warner in high school, which gave him a little head start. But uh, you talk about plug-and-play. Uh, JT Daniels looked magnificent for the first half with with the Graham Harrell offense. He was 14 for out of 15 before he tore his ACL. Plug in this other kid, he goes 28 for 33 in his first start as a true freshman. Uh, and Chip Kelly's just, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, it's, uh, I, I, you know, I, I will still say, you have to give somebody three years. Um, but I thought that this was a great hire for UCLA. I mean, it was their most important hire in a long time, but it's going belly up. Um, uh, there's marginally interesting games, uh, less so now that Stanford lost, but Stanford's going to Central Florida. And, oh. you know, if they, mm. thought, if they thought USC was off, look, USC put 45 on them. Uh, this could get ugly for the for the David Shaw, um, who is, if it, if anything else, he's known for being cons- consistently, you know, good, uh, good defenses. They're not going to get outplayed. 
Uh, one thing they can't do is play from behind because they're not built to, to play from behind, and and that's what they're, you know, that's what they face against USC. Um, and USC at BYU. Uh, now I think uh, for selfish reasons, I, we're so desperate out here. I, I need USC to be good just to elevate the conversation. Um, and they should win at BYU. You know, Utah won at BYU a few weeks ago, and then USC is going to play Utah in a couple weeks. Um, I, I'm almost ho- hoping that USC is for real just so they can make things interesting. Um, and the other game I'm looking at, and Blau, you mentioned it earlier, Hawaii, the Hawaii Warriors, uh, 2-0, and going to, to the Washington Huskies. Um, I don't think they're going to win that game. Um, but, uh, I will say this, uh, and Washington to me, I look at them play. I see Chris Peterson, who we all admired, uh, when he was at Boise, uh, one of the most innovative daredevil coaches. He's, he's Lloyd Carr, uh, uh, Herbie, he's Lloyd Carr. And that's not a knock against Lloyd Carr. I'm talking about a mentality. He's playing, uh, kind of Big Ten football in 1973 <laughs> or whatever it was, or 1980. Mm. It's yeah, that, you know he's that, he's they're they're uh-huh. trying to win ground control games and he's making bad uh, clock management decision decisions, which he did up there. Um, they're talented, but it's almost like he's I don't know what happened to him, but uh, you know Washington and, and Oregon is kind of the two favorites in the in the North um, are sort of eliminated now because they're going to have to play each other in a few weeks. Um, David, how are we doing on time? We're we're, we're pretty close. Yeah, we're pretty close. Maybe about, let's see, um, probably about maybe four or five minutes out. Okay. Anybody want to sing the national anthem or uh, (laughs) I'm (laughs) trying I I think we, I think we nail, you know, we, uh, we mentioned Mac Brown again, but it, what what a fun story that is. Um, and Tony, I don't think people realize how awful North Carolina was. Maybe you can tell us oh. how awful they were. They were just brutal. <laughs> the last few years under Larry Fedora, they didn't recruit well at all. You know, yeah. and, and Mac, Mac took the job at age sixty-seven. And I, Sally and I just want to have a place to go back to. We love people <laughs> in North Carolina. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Our kids are tougher in, this, in the end. There. This is yeah. This we're, ha- we're we're ha- we're happy we're happy to be home. This and is, Tony, yeah. he can he can win that division. He can win. He can win that. Oh, because, absolutely. Because absolutely. Miami stinks. <laughs> Pittsburgh's there. I mean, no, but I mean, they absolutely could win. Well, he's got a freshman quarterback who's playing really well. And uh, yeah, it'll be uh, that that division is there for the take, no doubt. Carolina versus Virginia for the title. Wow, there you, <laughs> there you go. Well, this is this is this is great for for Mac because he has a he has a chance, uh, sort of to you know redefine his career, and he had a great career. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of you know the end at Texas, he kind of you know lost a little something and. Uh, recruiting or whatever you want to call it, but he kind of went out on a sour note. And if he and if he can come back and win something, and like you said, it's, he's in a winnable division, uh, or he can you know he can do some damage in the ACC. That'd be a nice story. Uh, Tony, do you, do you, do you, Tony, do you remember the lad when Mac Chris you Remember he had North Carolina number two in the country, his first game in North Carolina. I didn't. Yeah. I mean, undefeated. Mm-hmm. 
I had him pre. Oh, I yeah. had him preseason yeah. number one in uh, 1997. Well, I just got this on the. Is great, this, this is a great story. <laughs> Steve Kirshner, a long-time SID, tells me about. Told me about this. <laughs> Mac was all upset because he was getting no publicity uh, because Florida State was playing North Carolina in, in, in a big game, ACC game, and there was no one there, right? And so Mac was all upset. He goes to Steve Kirshner's office, said, "What's going on? Why, why can't you do your job?" Dean Smith was announcing his retirement that day. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> well, uh, in 1997, uh, in 1997, I made North Carolina my preseason number one. I'd only been on the beat uh, for the LA Times for a couple of years, so I, I was just you know trying to find somebody you know somebody different. Um, and they had like nine you know NFL players on defense, and uh, and so you know I basically said, look, all they got to do is beat Florida State at home, and they're gonna. They're going to be fine. Well, they they went eleven and one. They lost to Florida State at home. Uh, Mac takes the uh, Texas job, and so the next year mm-hmm. I go to Austin and to see Texas. And the first thing Mac Brown said to me, Chris, you were right. All we had to do was beat Florida State at home. <laughs> he was mm-hmm. like, he was like, he goes, you, uh, you know, I want to say, you, you know, I, you, you stuck your neck out for us, and we let you down, and. Uh, you know, this is that's, but that's Mac. I mean, anybody that knows well, Mac knows that you know he remembered that from the year ago. I was the guy that picked oh, him number one. Uh, I, I, hey, listen, when, when, when Mac took the Texas job, uh, you know, I, the, the, that North Carolina team that lost to Florida State, you know, and won the rest of them, they ended right. up going to the Gator Bowl. Right. Okay. Well, I called Mac. I said, at the end of the day, what's what's the reason for taking the Texas job? So I tell you this right now. If I go ten and one in Texas, I won't be going to the Gator Bowl. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's good. That's that's good stuff. Um, all right, I think we're about done, right? Okay, I'm getting the signal that we've overstayed our welcome. They're kicking us out. Uh, all right, that was a great session. Next week, I, uh, you know, we're not going to have a well. You know, you never know, but it doesn't look like a good weekend of games. Uh, but Notre Dame at Georgia. Notre Dame at Georgia. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. We're, we're, you know, these ebbs and flows in this sport. Um, but, uh, I think we were all surprised by some results last weekend. So we'll see. All right. I think we're good guys. Good job. We'll see you next week. Until then. Adios. <laughs>